Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. This is Oilers Now. Brendan at the 630 Chet Studios in Edmonton. I'm uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tonight, the Edmonton Oilers, the second of it back-to-back in Glendale, Arizona against the Arizona Coyotes. The Oilers, for all intents and purposes, got schooled last night in Dallas. That was a clinic from the Stars. Uh, older veteran team playing playoff hockey and they won 4-1 and Edmonton was chasing early after giving up a couple of goals and Dallas sniped on the power play and it was all downhill. I, I would say the second Dallas power play goal Stuart Skinner probably would have liked to have had no chance on the first one deflection, excuse me, deflection, but the second one uh, the puck uh, ended up uh, just you know, coming across, and he, he tried to play with his glove, and instead of getting his body in front of it, and he'd probably tell you he'd like to have that one back. But stars were better. They won 4 1. Edmonton needs to be vastly uh, improved tonight against Arizona, albeit a team who's uh, going through significant injury challenges like Edmonton. If you've not heard the news, Duncan Keith is out for tonight's game. William Laguson will uh, dry him off. Take a look at the, the warm up tonight to know for sure who's playing for uh, Edmonton. There could be a tweak or two up front as well. Weathers now is brought to you by Dick. Digitex, digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us. We'll try to squeeze in some text late in the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted on the with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday, 780-496-0063. That is our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll tell you that guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu Steak Cook right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it, 780-496-0063. Provincial Affairs columnist, cult of hockey writer, David Staples joins us from the Edmonton Journal. David, we have 10 minutes. How are you doing, sir? Good. I was just watching the Connor McDavid architectural tour video and uh, pretty impressed and impressed with Lauren, you know, starting her own business. Good for her. That's a challenging path for anyone in life. So see someone like doing that, I admire that. Yeah. Well, uh, we've not sp- talked about that yet on the air yet. Uh, I tend to focus sort of on the on ice stuff and what people have going, but uh, they put it out there. So, so be it. Give me your assessment on what we saw last night between Edmonton and Dallas. Well, we just saw a fantastic defensive performance from Dallas. We tracked it, and we had three or four grade-A shots for the Oilers' tops, and there was only one really good one, the goal. Um, One really great five-alarm chance, so... The Oilers were totally throttled like they haven't been this year by any other team, and it's not even close. Like, that was a little bit, um, it's you know, you just hope it was an off night, Bob. What I've, I think over the years what we've seen with McDavid is um, when he's teamed up against kind of really fast defensemen like Vlasic when Vlasic was in his prime, Morrissey last year, and Heiskanen last night, those are the defensemen that can cause him some trouble um, getting, getting it going on the attack and he really didn't have it going all game long and it was just because of a superior defensive effort i didn't see dallas you know there was you know the usual amount of interference and stuff but it wasn't like it was over the top it was just strong defensive play so credit to them 
Yeah, no, they played well. I mean, they were good. There's no question. Um, they did a good job. Now, part of the problem Everton had, they didn't have Darnell Nurse in the lineup, uh, and they didn't have Slater Cuckoo, so that's two yeah. of their six regulars. No, no disrespect to Slater, but Nurse is the team's best defenseman. He plays 26 minutes a game. And unfortunately, is it like I love Evan Bouchard. You know that. If you listen to the show, Dave, you know how bullish yeah. I am on Bouchard. But but he's had a tough stretch here. Is that fair? And do the numbers support that? Well, yeah, what we're seeing, I mean, in the first 10 games, Bob, he was just, it was kind of out of this world how strong he was. Even, you know, he was given the challenge of playing with Nurse, and he rose to that, and he was playing strong two-way hockey, but with young defensemen, with rookie defensemen, young defensemen, you just know that the struggle is coming, and they're going to go into a defensive slump, and that's what we've seen the last eight games. And with the numbers, I mean, he was making about one major mistake per game on a grade-A shot against in the first 10 games but in the last eight he's making and this is kind of hard to believe he's making four per game it's just a real bad defensive slump and the good news is though this happens to young players they snap out of it and the other good news is they've got two veterans in Tyson Berry and Cody Ceci and Cody Ceci has been to me been remarkable all year for his two-way play he's really surprised me he's done very well so they can put they can give Ceci the tough minutes and Tyson Berry has, has gotten his defense of game together as well. He was struggling in the first 10 games. He was having a bad defensive slump, taking too many chances on pinches in the neutral zone and the offensive zone. That's typically what gets him in trouble. He's cut down on that in the last little while, and he's playing much better. So, you know, it's easy, I think, for the coaches to play those two veterans down and give Bouchard some easier and fewer minutes until he gets his game back on track. Well, it's, and I'm going to be intrigued to see what the pairings are tonight. Yeah. Uh, do they put Russell with Bouchard and then play Barry and Lagasin together and keep CeCe and Broberg? What would you do? Just what you suggested. I don't know if that's your suggestion, but the, your hypothesis there, I think that would be the best idea. I mean, Philip Broberg has come up. He was the number one D-man in Bakersfield. And in Bakersfield, he would play. He played ahead of Lagasin, and he would have played ahead of Chris Russell, I think, in Bakersfield as well, if Russell had been down there. So I, it's a lot to ask a raw rookie to play number one minutes. Um, but... Cody CC is the team's number one D-man. He's the guy you want out there right now. And Broberry is as good a chance, um, good a choice, I think, as, as anyone else. He's looked really good, Bob. Uh, he He's kind of amazed me how poised he's, he's looked. He's looked confident. He's moving the puck well, uh, defending well, hasn't made many mistakes at all. So... Why not give him give him the chance? You have to understand he's going to slump. He's he, he's going to have some bad moments out there. But um, I also like the idea of combining the size of a Logason with with Barry, and then the defensive acumen of a Russell with with Evan Bouchard. So those three pairings work for me. Um, that's what I like to see. David, we have a request by one of the texters on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. They want uh, to know if you could track missed calls for the two teams. Yeah. We're already tracking a lot. We're already going over all the uh, scoring chances. So, you know, that would be a big job, frankly, Bob. And, I, and I'm not saying someone couldn't do it. And it might be f interesting to do that. But, 
there's so many like there's so many infractions during a game to track that is a major effort to do a good job on it and to come up with the criteria for for judging it correctly so we'll think about it we'll put it on our to-do list maybe but that i i don't think they quite understand exactly how difficult that would be to do and to be fair and accurate in doing it that'd be a chore so well it's become a bit of a storyline uh any concerns with edmonton out of the bottom six david the lack of traction that's there uh, mcleod does have three goals in the last five games so there's some really good news isn't there bob i mean he's 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 showing he came up last year and he played well he's doing that again after a poor preseason here so mcleod he's playing fast he's making plays with the puck he's showing more confidence on the attack and he's holding his own defensively he's not getting eaten alive so he's looking like an nhl hockey player which is huge news for the edmonton Oilers. colton sevier um i was wondering i didn't see a lot in preseason some people really liked him and, and dave tippett i think liked him and kept sticking with him they gave him a contract and i was kind of wondering why because he kind of seemed like josh archibald without the hitting and the speed but i have to say his game is really growing on me his defensive awareness like he's he really shuts things down defensively in his own zone so slowly but surely they're you know mcleod's playing better sevier's playing well so they're finding some answers with the players that they have and they just need some other guys to step up we'll, we'll see if that happens yeah, there's no question about that. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting here, David, over the next little while, just uh, in terms of a, a couple different things that I want to hit on with you. Um, I just want to circle back. So you're telling me that the numbers suggest that Tyson Berry has settled down a bit defensively? That's what we're seeing, yeah. He's making fewer mistakes on grade-A shots against. He's he's cut it by about 25%, 30% since his first 10 games at even strength. So, yeah, he, he seems to be playing a little bit better right now. Okay, well, that's a, that's obviously a good thing because i got to get Bouchard uh, circling the right way. Do you ever get amazed at the discussion that's out there around uh, Darnell Nurse and maybe the lack of credit that he gets from certain pockets of the Oilers fan base? Yes, yes. I mean, Bob, that game against Dallas, um, you were asking me about it. The, the, the thing that really comes to mind is, did the team ever miss Darnell Nurse in that game? I mean, he he would he provides, he steadies everybody else. And when you have a number one D-man like that, it makes everyone else's job that much easier. They all go down a rung in terms of the responsibility they have, in terms of facing tough competition. It's Darnell who takes that all on his shoulders. And not only that, he's a fiery attacker and fiery aggressive uh, physical player so he, he has been spectacular this year he's playing his best hockey Darnell Nurse and where it was great that they won the first game against Chicago with him out of the lineup but you know they're going to struggle without Darnell Nurse there's just no doubt about it and and there are people that don't like his game I don't know why exactly he's gotten better every single year that he's played here. He improves aspects of his game. He takes on more responsibility. He handles that responsibility. Um, what more could you ask for a defenseman? He's he's going to, you know, when he gets healthy again, he's, he's almost certainly going to be on Team Canada at the Olympics. Um, he's going to be in the running for the Norris Trophy if he can get back healthy, get his, you know, his point production's been strong. He hasn't scored as many goals this year, but he's still he's contributing to as many grade-A chances at even strength as, as last year when he uh, had such good goal production. So the point production's there. What's not to like 
about Darnell Nurse, except, you know, yes, he's a little bit of a high event player. He will make the mistakes on defense now and then, but every defenseman does. If you know, he's not Chris Pronger. I guess that's the that's the one criticism I have. Darnell Nurse, could you please be Chris Pronger? But he's the next best thing, Bob. So I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. David, great stuff. How do people follow you on Twitter? Uh, just at D Staples. There you have it. David, thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. Thanks, Bob. It is currently 118 in Edmonton. When we come back, we will talk to John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott joining you. It is 119 in Edmonton. We'll go back to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. And we are pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline by our NHL insider, John Shannon. Hello, John. How you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Not bad. In Scottsdale, not at the, uh, what is it, the Marriott next to the arena in Glendale. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how we do on the drive over because sometimes, as you know, in Arizona, John, there was one year where there was a traffic accident and it took us an hour and 20 minutes to bus from one hotel to the arena. And the guys, the guys got in there about an hour and 20 minutes before game time and actually played pretty well. So it's, it's funny how that all works out. Uh, tell me this. What, what did you see last night, Dallas and Edmonton? What I saw was uh, when you have a defenseman like Miro Heiskanen that can skate almost as well as Connor McDavid, you got a chance to stop him. Uh, I thought Heiskanen, and we've seen this before with him against the uh, Oilers, I thought Heiskanen was remarkable last night and truly puts himself on a another level when he plays against Connor. Yeah, the other thing that's happened here is Hyman and, uh, yes, the Pugliarvi are a little cold, and Pugliarvi seems to be the guy that's getting the looks, and he just he hasn't finished for five or six games. And, uh, you know, it, it is a team. The Oilers had some transition. We, sh- we certainly saw – we just had this conversation with David Staples, John. I don't know what it is with a certain segment of the fan base, but they don't appreciate Darnell Nurse. And, you know, now the orders are down not one, not two, but three left. Their entire left side of their defense from the start of the season is out. No nurse, no Keith now tonight in Arizona, and no Slater Cuckoo. But I especially thought the game like last night, they, you know, they, they missed their top dog in the back end in Darnell Nurse. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that there's any question about that. And and the the other thing is is that you're finally seeing in the, you know, the other team plays the game too, um, and, and you're finally seeing something out of the Dallas Stars and seeing some of their players that had, I mean, let's face it, awful starts to the season, uh, coming into form and using their speed. Like Gary Anoff, who I mean, that was a remarkable situation uh, that he put himself in on the on the one goal. Uh, that team, that team was is, was far better than their record indicated for the first ten games of the season, and you knew darn well at some point that they were going to play better, and they happened to pick Tuesday night against the Edmonton Oilers. You know, it's interesting, uh, and I don't know if you, you picked up on it. Well, you wouldn't have, uh, but 
the fans booed Rick Boness last night. Bones. I mean, who who boos Rick Boness? But I guess it had something to do with a Riley Tough Day scratch and a 7-2 loss that they had in Minnesota with Anton Hudobin. They got Braden Holpe, Anton Hudobin. So I was yeah. I was a little bit surprised like that because Rick Boness, and I'm sure you can educate our listeners, John, he's one of the most popular coaches in the league. Yeah, actually, Brendan and I had a, a little talk about uh, about Rick on on Monday, uh, and and really, you know, th- th- there isn't any better person in the game uh, than Rick Bonus. And and unfortunately, at times, Rick's job is to put the best roster on the ice to win the game, uh, not to. We're not, you know, we're we're not playing minor hockey on the south side anymore. Uh, we're playing the National Hockey League game, and certainly it was disappointing that you know Tufty got got uh, um, now off the roster uh, with his family there for his first game. But at the same time, what would have been different had they had the had Dallas won that game in Minnesota seven to two? Would we still be having the same conversation? And I think not. There is a ton of pressure. You know, Tom Gillardi and and Jim Neal put a ton ton of pressure on Rick to win right now, and, and that's so important. Well, they've got the oldest team in the National Hockey League, and the Oilers are playing the antithesis tonight. Like, Dallas has an expectation. They're in the Stanley Cup final two years ago. Brian Lott was on the show earlier today. He says he can't recall something similar to what Arizona's going through right now. We got Shane Doan coming up at 135, so I'd like to get your thoughts. I mean, is Gary Bettman concerned at this point about the long-term viability of Arizona? Are they going to have to build a new ring? Are they going to circle back to an older arena here in this market? What do you think happens here, John? Well, I mean, I, I think they are planning long-term to have their own arena, probably in Tempe. Uh, that's, the, that's the indication I get. And, you know, but, you know, there's city government involved in Tempe as well as there was city government involved in Glendale. The problem is, is that the, the bridges between uh, the hockey club even different ownership between the hockey club and the city of Glendale, the, the bridges have been burned. Uh, and the fact that Glendale is saying we, we don't want another one-year or two-year lease, we want a 25-year lease, uh, you know, probably doesn't make any business sense for uh, Alex Morello and his ownership group. So the challenge is right now is where do you play next year at this point? And there are lots of different stories out there. Uh, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if in the end they do do a one-year deal with Glendale to try to make it work, and then you have to worry about the following year, and the following year, well, their new building potentially gets built. So Edmonton going through a bit of an injury run on defense uh, and not getting the best of their sort of uh, fourth-line guy options has been Colton Sevier. There's little minor things you can do. One may have... Happened here with Nathan Bastian, though I think another club may end up claiming him. But uh, we have fans that I, I think we all know the owners still have to continue to upgrade their roster. At what point do you think Ken Holland makes a move here, John? Well, I mean, I, I think when you have to, you have to figure out, uh, in my opinion, um, how deep you are at forward. I, I'll tell you what, Sevier has been a. I, I always liked him wherever he played before, but I, the last two games, to me, he's been a bit of a revelation. Uh, you know, particularly uh, the Chicago game, I thought he was he was great. Uh, 
Um, so you're, you're always going to need to try to find guys like that. I'm not sure if I'm getting them off waivers. In particular, you're not going to get them off waivers now with the Oilers where they are in the standings. Um, I, I think it might be a little too early, Bob, to start thinking, well, the Oilers have to make changes. I mean, you know, the, right now, in my opinion, you know, as, as disappointing as Oilers fans will be about the loss last night, this is a pretty good remedy tonight. This is a pretty good team to be playing tonight uh, to get the guys fast track. You got to win. You know what? Well, win. Well, the expe- well, no, but the expectation. My my expectation is is that uh, you know Connor's going to be ticked off, Leon's going to be ticked off, um, and, uh, and and some of the other stars. And you mentioned Puljujarvi and Hyman. They're going to be in a position where they can they can make a difference and and they should win. You know, if they don't win tonight, then maybe ask me the question tomorrow and might have a different opinion. But managers are in this job for a long time because of their patience and understanding of, of what and when to make a move. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's far too early at this point to be making any anything that would be described as uh, upgrading the roster because I don't think I don't know I don't know if you can upgrade the roster without giving something away, and I don't think any manager wants to do that. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Uh, Calgary Flames, we've not mentioned them all. Well, I was the guy that thought they'd have a big bounce back this year. Had them in the playoffs all day. Um, I also thought Vancouver would be in a better position than they're in, so I was half right. But the Flames can defend. They're playing Daryl Sutter hockey, and the best bet out there was that Jacob Markstrom was going to bounce back in goal, and that's come to fruition, John. Yes, it has. Uh, and, and you know, the one thing, is, as we all know, what Daryl Sutter does better than anybody else, I think, in the league in the last 20 years, is create accountability. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, in my opinion, I think Daryl, I think Daryl, we all, we didn't, we think Daryl can only coach one way. I think what we're learning now is, is that Daryl has changed with the times too. You know, remember his teams in San Jose and his teams, particularly in LA, they were big body hockey, right? We used to laugh about big boy hockey in California. Well, he's, he's playing the same style of game with Johnny Goodrow and Andrew Mangiapane on the roster. And both of them are contributing in spades. So he, his ability to adapt to the modern game uh, while still creating accountability, and yes, having two goaltenders with a collective seven shutout certainly helps. But they put themselves in that position. They are, in my opinion, at this point, the best story in hockey. Well, and, and they can defend, and they're going to be a tough out for whoever they got. John, the one thing I'd say, I, I, I don't know how many teams get up to play Calgary. Everybody gets up to play Connor and Leon, you know that. Now, that said, they better start getting up to play Calgary because otherwise Calgary is going to take care of business because they can shut you down. Great. And I think, that, I, think, I, think, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, you know, Connor, you know, it, it, being the marquee player in the National Hockey League uh, has some benefits to it. And it certainly benefits the, the Edmonton Oilers fans. But it also creates a real dilemma because you know every team is targeting you constantly constantly you're going to get your best efforts out of the opposition when you're playing the edmonton oilers uh, and that's something that you're right they have to be prepared for every night in every city john great stuff we'll talk monday say hello to shane for me will you i will 130 in edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update kevin robertson oilers now with bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on oilers radio 630 chad